is the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Monday, Monday with your baby girl, with your baby girl, with your baby girl, with your baby girl, with your baby girl. Up uh, in the uh, uh. no, you don't want to. <laughs> you want to see the facial expressions I was just making? If you're listening to this, and hi everyone who's watching this, um. It's me, Kalechi. It's me. It is I, Kalechi Okafor. I feel like I should start pronouncing my name properly rather than saying Okafor, but I'm just so used to saying Okafor. People used to call me Cowfoot for, for, for a nickname because of my surname in primary school. Horrible people. Horrible, horrible people. Anyway... Hello! Welcome to SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right! Suck your mum. Well, not you guys suck your mum, but you know, like other people should suck their mums. The people that we nominate, that we elect for the sucking of their mothers. Yes. Um, woo! Well, uh, I'm here. I'm actually glad to be here today. I feel like just be putting in that work, you know, just putting in that work and enjoying having a, a platform and a voice, all of that I'm grateful for. I've, I've really thought about it and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Um, what do I want to tell you? So I hope all of you have watched the Grapevine TV episode, the first episode that they've put out that I'm featured in. Um, yeah, that was that was really, really fun. As I told you last week, it was really fun to film. And the first episode that they put out was the colorism debate about Maya Jama and, you know, not her specifically, but, you know, the whole thing around colorism and stuff and everyone being like, oh, that was 2012 that we all said those things, you know, like we've all grown since then. But no, because you're all still dating the same light skin girls and mixed race girls and white women like you're all still doing the same old things. You're probably just not saying wreck things on the Internet anymore i know that certain men watched it and they were tweeting to each other like oh this looked like it would have been hell on earth um everyone banging on about this colorism thing like light-skinned people don't face colorism um too shut up like you chat shit like just stop saying things that mean nothing like words mean things like use them appropriately like uh, it's it's just annoying how black men not all black men but quite a lot of black men will find ways of derailing conversation and convoluting and conflating things just to avoid having any sort of accountability for anything. But it was a fantastic episode. I'm glad that so many people um, have watched it. I, I implore you, if you have not yet watched it, to go and watch it, please, because it's it's a really good discussion. You might have your views and rare, 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 rare. Just, yeah, go and check it out. We'd appreciate it. Um, and obviously big up Ashley Akuna. It was wonderful meeting her, like a fellow Nigerian who lives in New York. Like, ah, oh, 
<laughs> yes, like she was she was great. She was great. It was really fun. Um, and I look forward to you all seeing the next episode. I don't know which one it will be, but I look forward to you all seeing it because that'll be interesting. It might actually be one that I'm not in because there were a couple that I'm I chose not to be in because not every day like stretch your throat in it. Like if you don't have a solid thing to say on the sub- subject, why are you there? That's my whole feeling on it. But um, yeah, so that was wonderful to do. Um, A bit of a heads up, um, even though it's all the way in November, I will be doing a self-care workshop with Angel D. So some of you might not know Angel. She's um, a personal trainer, a baby girl, um, and she is a bikini competition champion. And now she's a yogi. So we're doing a self-care series together where um, on the... uh, self-care event together on the 2nd of November 2018 it's near Tulse Hill let me just get the details the deets up for you so it's called the Chakra Series self-care workshop and we're focusing on the root chakra yoga and meditation it's on Sunday 4th of November um 4th of November 11 o'clock till 3 uh, till 11 a.m till 3 p.m and it's at South London Dance Studios, which is in Hearn Hill. And the tickets are £33. So, you know, you have between now and November to get your £33. Um, the, the sooner you buy the ticket, the better. So um, if you don't know this about me, um, I love to do guided meditations. I um, I implement it as uh, part of my class. I teach a work and stretch class at um, my studio and guided meditations I think are just really really wonderful to do so I've been um, working on them and doing them for a while now quite a while um so I'll be doing a guided meditation session um as well as Angel doing her um, yoga uh, session as well so it'll be a wonderful day you'll get um a goodie bag you'll get a vegan lunch it'll be lit so she wrote here um How often do you feel like you're being swept along by life and have no sense of grounding? Are you impatient, always wanting things done yesterday? Do you sometimes feel like you lack the courage to start something as you doubt yourself too often? Being able to ground yourself frequently can help with this. The root chakra is the foundation of your chakra system and can help you feel more confident, patient and stable. We invite you to come uh, to take some time out of your busy digitally focused world to reset the body mind and spirit bringing you back to a place of peace love and equilibrium so that's what we'll be doing um i'm really really looking forward to it um she wrote here because further to our discussion it's on eventbrite so i'll give you the eventbrite link and you can go and book if you if you're ready to book from now it says here this workshop will focus on reconnecting ourselves to our foundation tapping into our root chakra through our bodies um, movement that will be done specifically through yoga we'll have guided meditation to bring our minds back into focus um, taking our meditative practice into our daily lives using breathing techniques to invigorate our practice working on intention setting journaling and self-care so um each session is designed for you to leave with more tools to cultivate your relationship with your mind body and spirit so yeah like i said the ticket includes a workshop the workshops light vegan meal refreshments and a small gift bag so if you want to join us on sunday 4th of november you know where we at you know where we be hey so you can come through um i love working with the root chakra um yeah I need to do more work on myself as well. But yeah, so that's what we'll be doing. Um, and what else? So, well, July, July, no, in August, I was going to do uh, 
being uh being a Ben Ponani womanist, I was gonna do this talk in um Brooklyn. Well, no, I booked a place, Blue Stockings in Lower East Side, and I was gonna do this talk in New York. And now that rhymed, haha, <laughs> talk in New York. So um, but I've actually cancelled the location. I might still go ahead with like um a mini pan not panel discussion like a mini discussion like a meetup sort of thing might still do that because i really want to like meet up with all the wonderful wonderful people that actually listen to this podcast who live in new york or who live close and want to just chat about what it is to be a black woman what it is to be a black person in this society um whether you and i feel like a lot of our views are very very similar so yeah, so I'm not using that location anymore, but I'm still open to actually doing like a meetup and just seeing Wagwan. But we'll see how that goes. So moving on then, I'll move on to the tarot for this week. So the tarot for this week, I pulled for us all. Um, let me get it up. The mother soul. So the mother soul. Uh, card it's really pretty it's a it's a a woman and she's got really nice earrings signifying femininity um she's got a head wrap on and she's got a happy face and a sad face resting in the palm of each hand and she just looks really serene mother soul so here's what it says about the mother soul it says you restore the soul waking path your soul your soul revival sleeping path emptiness Mother soul holds the shrine on which we place our sadness and joy. When tears fall upon your cheeks, they may not belong to you. When you laugh without knowing the reason, you may be in the energy of mother soul. As mother soul, you hold all the feelings and emotions of self and others. You have the capacity to embrace the deepest experiences. You are so sensitive, you may have to protect yourself from people who are constantly in their emotions. People come to you when they are experiencing major turning points in their lives. You comfort, you kiss, you smile. And you give love with no expectations. On the waking path, you are restored and rejuvenated. You feel energetic and find your life full and satisfying. You are able to access the spring of wellness. With this capacity, you help others to awaken the ways in which they suffer. Um, Awaken to the ways in which they suffer. Wellness is imprinted into your bones. Others come to you because of the loving, warm attention you give. As a consequence, your energy is often mis- misinterpreted and you can fall into the role of a wet nurse or one who shares with everyone something as dear to yourself as breast milk as a mother would to a child. As mother soul, attending to folks as your children, you are often abused and drained empty of your life force. This draining or abuse can be the beginning of being on the sleeping path if all of your energy is spent feeding others nursing everyone's wounds but your own you are giving without concern for your own needs you may even encounter anger as others want you to continue your giving you may grow numb and wary of holding all of these feelings and emotions you become empty when you experience this emptiness you hide because your worth is was in the feeding you are most likely fearful of not being able to handle all of your own pain and loss. See if your efforts to nurture everyone might come from past wounding in your personal life and in your ancestral lineage. See if there's a memory in your bones of the inability to save someone or something you lost long ago. Unconsciously, you are still trying to save all of who and what we've lost in, on life's journey. 
your own soul retrieval is at stake each time you unconsciously take on another person. Remember yourself in this love and comfort work as a respect for your gifts. As a matter of fact, your gifts cannot be shared without your body and soul. Mother souls must find other mother souls to rejuvenate them. If you are constantly tired, then you have too many people around you who are not feeding you. Explore the reasons you allow yourself to be drained. You may need to find ways other than fatigue or illness to signal um, to yourself to take a break from taking care of others. Do you feel more worthy in your depleted state? Is there something someone can do for you? In the end, it may not be necessary that you take on being a mother soul. This role is not for those who do it because it's expected of them. It is for those who recognize the sacred power of soul retrieval as a spiritual path that is reciprocal between themselves and others. That is a word and that is a vibe. So that's from the Black Angel cards. If you don't know about them, they're Black Angel cards. They're by uh, uh, Zenji Earthlin Manuel. Um, I absolutely love them. And I would recommend that you all just buy a pack and have it at home and just pull, uh, you know, read the descriptions and pull one daily to kind of sense your energies and and where where you could best serve yourself. I absolutely love these cards. So what is the advice for... um, the mother soul this week. So if that description resonated with you, the advice or well, the card that I pulled from the Rider Waite Smith deck is the five of cups from the traditional Rider Waite deck, the five of cups. So the five of cups is, um, we've got a figure. Um, it looks like a man, but it could be, it's just a person. It's a person standing and they look solemn. They're wearing a black cloak and they've got five cups around them. Three of the cups have spilled to the ground. We see that. And two of the cups are still standing, but the person has got their back to the two cups that are still standing. And um, there's water. Um, They're facing towards water that's rushing by under a bridge. And there's like a castle or a home in in the distance. So five of cups. Whenever I see this, I automatically think disappointment. But you know, like last week, I said like how the eight of cups, because we pulled the eight of cups last week. The eight of cups is also disappointment, but it's, it's being disappointed and moving on ready to go and build something else even though you know you've you've suffered that disappointment the five of cups is saying that some of you obviously heard this message including myself (laughs) some of you heard this message and you're still holding on to the disappointment so you're literally not going anywhere so remember that i said like three cups are in front of this figure and three of them have spilled and there are another two cups behind the figure that the figure's not looking at. He's not looking at the two cups that are still standing. Focus on the three cups that have fallen, looking sad about the three cups that have fallen, forgetting that there, is, there are another two cups behind that that are also useful and can also hold soul. You know, if we're saying about water, um, you know, being about, you know, the, the spirit, there's so much other things. There are so many other things that can hold your spirit, but you're ignoring them because you're focused on this one disappointment. And it goes back to what it says about the mother's soul in that mind out that you, the disappointment that you're feeling is even from this, you know, isn't even from this time. It's not from this present moment that you're in. It's something that's so deeply festered or ingrained within you that you're still feeling a disappointment from lifetimes ago or even years ago, something that you should have probably moved past, but you you seem to remain stuck there. Focusing on the things that didn't go the way you wanted them to will take your eyes off the things that could possibly go the way that you want them to. And this is 
really, really important to remember because for the, for the, you know, and it's always, it's always talking, uh, speaking to relationships. When I see cups, I always think about relationships, um, our, our, our inner selves, our relationships with ourselves or our relationships with other people. So with that being said, it's definitely a relationship. We're not talking about a job, really. We're not talking about like a career. We're not talking about finances, really. It's something to do with interpersonal relationships and the fact that something didn't go the way that you wanted it to. You were disappointed somehow. And yet you're not wanting to make a move. You're literally standing on the spot. Yet everything around you is moving and you've distanced yourself from your sense of home because we see the man not even looking at the home in the background because there's a home in the background that he fails to see because he's busy just or the person is busy focused on the cups that have spilled. So you're not even interacting with the people around you who could offer you some kind of solace and um, some kind of support. And um, you're not looking at the fact that the world is going by and there are so many other things that are happening. You're focused on the three cups that have spilled, ignoring the two cups behind you. So that's just the wake up call. If you listen to last week's episode and you're like, oh, that spoke to me, but you didn't do like you did fuck all about what, you know, the advice was. It's just a reminder this week that wake up, no use crying over spilt milk, literally. Like that shit, it, it's, 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 it, it has fallen. It has fallen and it's, it's fucking rubbish. It's horrible. It is horrible. But you've got another two cups behind you that you can start to rebuild with, that you can start to collect your soul with, that you can start to rejuvenate your spirit with. So why not just use those things? So um, yeah, that's the tarot for this week. And we'll, we'll do an extended card in the, um, we'll do another card in the extended a version for my patrons big up my patrons patreon.com thank you so much for supporting me i've got more supporters more more patrons this week and i really really appreciate you all so in the extended version we'll be talking about the bottom of the deck i always like to look at the bottom of the deck and the bottom of the deck is the three of cups so it'll be interesting to talk about what that means actually um the fact that the three of cups is at the bottom of the deck like another piece of advice that's waiting for us. So yas, um, moving on then to um, share your magnificence. My magnificent person or one of my magnificent people for this week is um, Tanayel um, Joe Kim. He is a comedian, um, black man, and he lives in New York and he's got a comedy series that he sent me to have a look at. Um, it's called Unrequited. It's a web series that he's created. He wrote it and directed it. And it's about a man who, um, you know, fell in love with a woman, but that love wasn't really reciprocated and he's really fixated on it. And then one of his articles gets published in the New York Times and then she gets in contact again. And then his feelings just start doing whoa, 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 whoa. His feelings are just doing anyhow. So um, it was, it's, it's, I only saw four episodes it was really interesting to watch. I appreciate that people are out there creating content, um, content rather than us sitting around going, oh, there's nothing for me to be in. There's nothing for me to act in. That's what I'm always saying. Um, the, he's out there creating his own work. And so let's support it. Why not? It's, 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 an interesting, it's an interesting web series. I watched all four episodes. They're only 10 minutes long. And just big up yourself, Taniel, for, cre for creating something for seeing something through from, you know, writing the script to directing it. All of those logistics that even go into creating a, um, a web series, um, no matter how small, it's a massive feat. So two slaps on your chest, my guy. Well done. Um, my next Share Your Magnificence goes out to Prince, who lives in South Africa. I'm just going to get the email up. 
find the email for you. I've got quite a few emails this week. I'm going to try and get through um, the main ones. Um, so here we go. So it's titled Mental Issues Awareness in South Africa. Hi there. My name is Prince and I'm a huge fan of your podcast from South Africa. I enjoy the fact that you love cards as I'm a lover as well. My dear and I my dear, I wrote to you. I wrote you this email to say I appreciate the work you are doing. I particularly enjoyed the discussion you had about black mental health and the point that most researches are done on white people, especially when it comes to mental issues. And um, that's why I find we have more black people in our hospitals, um, and they're now filled with. We have more black people in our hospitals. Our hospitals are now filled with black people. It is like a new discovered trend, but in actual fact. It's issues resulted from the apartheid regime eras. I think that they have a name for it now, epigenic inheritance. I can go on for days about this topic. I just want to say thank you for your work with love, P. Thank you, Prince. Thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate that, you know, there are quite a lot of men who listen to this show um, because I think that it's important in just dynamics generally to know that what I say matters and every week you're supporting me getting my listener counts up um when other men are just like oh I don't want to listen to a woman talking oh are you done talking oh are you done talking yeah so they don't listen but I'm glad that um people like yourself listen and that's an interesting um term epigenic inheritance I have to go and look it up see wagwan but I don't think it's spoken about enough. Um, you know, the trauma that apartheid actually caused to the black and, you know, South Africans. I know that there are different terms and stuff, but I'll just collectively say like the black South Africans, like they're the indigenous South Africans, I think is a better, better use of um, a term because certain men arrived and they shouldn't have been there. But anyways, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that we don't talk about it enough because there's so much trauma. Um, big up um, ESN podcast, eloquently saying nothing. Big up those guys, Stavros Boss and Big Wahala. Big Wahala is obviously my fave because we interact often. Um, they were talking recently um, in their most recent episode about um, Babe. I think her name's Babe, um, an artist, um, um, an artist in South Africa who I guess an, a radio she went on the radio show and the host basically just said, oh, I know that your husband beats you um, and you shouldn't have to put up with that. And, and domestic violence is a big thing in South Africa that we don't speak about enough. And my initial thing when I was listening to um, the ESM podcast was I was angry with the guys as well. I was just like, how fucking dare this radio show host just out someone else's business? Like, I didn't tell you that that's what I wanted to discuss, especially since you hadn't let me know before I came on the show that you would be um, bringing up my what I'm going through, my trauma without, you know, um, asking me first. Um, but apparently it's a really big thing. So it's a really, 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 um, I saw a fly. Um, it's a really, really big thing in South Africa, um, everywhere, domestic violence, but you know, it's it, South African women want to be involved in, in that sense, in the Me Too movement, talking about the violence that's inflicted on black women. And I guess it isn't spoken enough about because it's inflicted on black women. So I, that's, that matters to me. The, you know, these, 
these things, these traumas that go unnoticed or go unspoken or go unkind of um, televised or um, taken onto bigger platforms because it's not affecting white people the way it's affecting black people. And I think that that isn't an excuse or a reason for the domestic violence. What I'm saying is that there's so much trauma that's there and Malcolm X says that, you know, the black woman is the most underprotected of all women or people generally. Yeah, and that's true. And in this case, it's the South African women who are taking the brunt of all of this, all of these frustrations and everything else. So, um, yeah, so it's... I would really, really like to learn more about what is being done to help um, the indigenous South Africans with their with their trauma that was inflicted upon them by a certain man who should not have rolled up there and decided to stay there because it was not their fucking country. Um, yeah, so thank you, Prince, for sending that through. You're magnificent. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, and um, thank you for so much for interacting with me. Remember, guys, like, I'm not... I'm not, a, I'm, I'm a gentle girl. I'm a gentle girl. So don't ever feel any way about sending me letters. I really, really appreciate them. So the email address is sym at kalechiokafor.com. If you ever have anything to send me, send it through that channel. S-Y-M, that's Sierra Yankee Mike at kalechiokafor.com. Send that through to me. So yeah, thank you. So going on to the letters that I have, then one of them really stood out that I needed to cover it was from, I think, I don't know if she wants me to say her name. So I'll just say May. So May sent a letter and she said, Dear Kalechi, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, I follow your tweets, though I'm not an avid tweeter myself. And um, I have the good sense to spot by a few times a week to drop a few peeps on my timeline. Um, it was a wonderful surprise to finally notice that SYM was an additional tool within your impressive repertoire. Thank you. So last night, after waking up from an overwhelming post-risotto coma, I hurried and pressed play on your most recent podcast. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your insights around the meaning of those cards. It spoke to me loudly and unsettled my spirit. Indeed, it turns out that what, you're, what you articulated around fear and procrastination in shifting gears towards my purpose sleeping on a dream, the many facets of charity, selflessness in sharing my gift and also being mindful of overexposure and I could go on were just what my soul was wailing for this week. Um, it helped me to put to sleep with, uh, it helped put me to sleep with sufficient elements to meditate and reflect on in the morning. And that is exactly what I did. This brings me to the true intention behind this letter. Please allow me to shed light on the following comment, which were made by yourself and Missy along a particular sequence of the recording. It says here, there is something to be said about scandal, how to get away with murder in seven seconds. All of those black female protagonists have issues with alcohol. Maybe I haven't noticed the alcohol dependency in white characters, but I'm noticing it in black characters and it bothers me that they're hyperfunctional and when they get home, they love a drink. Stereotypes must be true. Maybe there are hidden or subliminal messages. And is it the fact that black women have alcoholic problems? That's not um, that's not something I've thought about as being out there. And the promiscuity, maybe it's something I'm not sure to seeing, but I don't think it's portrayed by women in those uh, portrayed by those women by women in those positions. Um, 
Firstly, I would ask that you excuse my any lapses in transcription as I did my best to gather these words for word. Um, these comments touched me immensely. They brought to shores a personal reticence and vivid fears I have felt towards some black women. At it, and it is important that I do not generalize here to address issues of dependencies, uh, dependent, dependency to substances and behavioral um, addictions such as sex and eating disorders, etc. Some which I have faced in ebbs and flows across my path to womanhood. I'm a 26-year-old black woman. I'm an African from Côte d'Ivoire and see myself as part of the wider diaspora um, after living in the UK for the past 17 years. You may identify with this or not, but I was raised and, and whipped to the fear of God um, behaviours that pertain to ungodly, ungodly conduct such as alcohol, drugs, sex were seldom mentioned in my household um, unless used to refer to demonic influences or something which belongs to white culture. It is fair to say that I grew up in Abidjan and this sort of rhetoric tends to be more pronounced in the motherland. Nonetheless, these those behaviours were seen and their impact was felt my father had his own toxic relationship with alcohol. So, so did his father. And one of my younger aunties was also an alcoholic and a prolific libertine. But her behavior was justified as she dabbled in the devil's prostitution. My mother, on the other hand, battled with stress eating and yo-yo dieting. Often I would hear of uncles, family friends who were cheaters, abusers and beaters. However, these messages I find were often silenced when instantly combated with religion. Should you look past our post-colonial indoctrination and seek for true causes, therein lie mental health issues, at times severe and transgenerational transmission of trauma. Just like you, I've been on a therapeutic journey to healing and it has been even been the case since 2014. Our differences as black people, especially as women, are far and wide and should also be celebrated. I say this because your comments of discomfort around these characters only highlighted that um, this type of woman did not belong in your perceptions of reality while they do with me at times overtly and in other, and in other times very subtly. I commend you for flagging your concerns as to the real um, intention of the writers. Yes, we must be wary of hidden agendas so prevalent in the mostly white-led writing creative rooms, but let's not forget the Tyler Perrys who have also helped perpetuate problematic stereotypes through their female characters. The guilt can be shared all around and I will gladly take a chunk out of that pie myself. I believe that we all to varying um, extents struggle with the internal oppressor when projecting stereotypes onto other black people based on their differences. For me, the link with these female characters in context, I want to bring your reflection to the environment and backstories which shaped and grounded many of their characters. They were subjected to complex family dynamics, parental validation, traded for achievement through higher education, objectification of early sexualization of their bodies, threads of childhood trauma, savior complexes, external success versus the internal isolation it may bring, high pressure work environment and a glass ceiling effect, or dare I say the crusty white ceiling as it only gets whiter at the top and the ingrained representation of patriarchy with white men as the supposed key holders to ultimate success and validation amongst many other dilemmas. I bear the painful experience I bear the painful experience of some of these issues. Oh, how I wish you'd steered your conversation towards the why. Why does it really bother you so much? And which of your own beliefs do these portrayals conflict with? Um, what could be your instinctive bias based on your personal backgrounds and upbringing? 
What are substance or behavioural addictions really? Just senseless waste of time as opposed to an instant coping mechanism for self-soothing? What are the implications for us as black women? Remember even Molly from Insecure, her issues with promiscuity are not so dissimilar. Maybe is it that the predominantly black background makes it easier to digest or normalise? You were very clear stating your encouragement for women's mental health. I would love to discuss more on the above topics with you. I currently work in this field and can see the lack of diversity within the therapeutic world alone. I'm working towards establishing short professional and empowerment retreats for black women um, to also widen my perspective on these topics. Your voice is powerful and could be of use to delve, in, delve into these uh, into those courageous, courageous conversations and help build awareness around these issues. Until we meet, it's all love. Warmest, rega warmest regards, May. So I just shortened your name in case you didn't want me to say the whole thing. That's why I called you May. Um, that's an interesting, it was very long, but it was very interesting to me. Um, just by the by, I can't fucking stand Tyler Perry. He gets on my fucking nerves. I, those who know me know that I can't stand Tyler Perry and all of his useless tropes about black women fucking infuriate me. Initially, I found Medea funny, but then when I watched Medea more closely as I grew, I just thought, no, this is actually really, really damaging to the black woman. Um, because he's just using it as a vehicle of uh, respectability politics. So that's why I really don't fuck with Tyler Perry. As with the comments that were made about um, those three series, uh, those three um, series that are on the TV, I'm an actor. I'm an actor and I also interact with a lot of writers and directors. I'm an actor director who interacts with a lot of writers and directors as well. And my issue, as I stated in the episode, was the fact that there are three mainstream programs that are out at the moment three of them that are out at the moment and they basically have the same archetype for all protagonists if these are being if these protagonists are being written by white men i have a problem with that because i don't want them to create one narrative for black women i think that we should discuss alcoholism alcoholism for black women we should discuss a various uh, mental health issues and addictions and things like that we should discuss it definitely but it's not for a white man to be writing that because they keep writing the same thing and it's almost as if that is they need this black woman to be broken in order to justify her excellence. I have very close relationships with black women, Nigerian women who struggle with alcohol, who depend on alcohol. So it's not my place to look down on anybody. I have my own struggles. It's not my place to look down on anybody. I don't have any sort of resistance um, towards it. I have a resistance towards the fact that th three series are being funded to give us the same archetype. Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie speaks about the danger of the single narrative. Now, that's my issue. The fact that if you give us this as a single narrative, um, a singular narrative for all of these shows, that's a problem in itself. You mentioned Molly. Molly can be offset because we have other characters, however problematic they might be within Insecure. There are other characters that she can bounce off. There are other things that she can bounce off. With these women, we don't have that. All of them have an issue with white men in their lives, um, being objectified by white men in their lives. Like, as far as I see, yes, that their parents um, traded them for, you know, made them feel like they... Um, it was transactional. Love was transactional. They they would get love if they were high achievers. We see that in 
across the board with all of them. And I know that feeling firsthand of feeling like I need to achieve the most in order for love to be given to me. And it took, I'm still taking a while to unlearn that. that I don't have to do anything to be loved because I'm lovable just by being me. So um, as much as I respect and I appreciate the letter, I think it was off um, to be fair in terms of my views, because my views were, I tried to make them as clear as possible with also taking into account that the person that I had on the show at the time, their, and like their experience or their way of expressing their experience was very limited or was very, very different to my experience of um, speaking about these things. So I'm not going to start jumping down their throat. I mean, even with that episode, a lot of people sent me messages like, it's not promiscuality, it's promiscuity. Yeah, but I'm also not in the vein of, um, or in the habit of correcting people when they're speaking because I feel like it instantly makes them close up or lose their train of thought so I just try to rephrase it whenever I spoke that was my focus rather than just going oh babe it's promiscuity not promiscuality or this new word that you've made up but at the end of the day we all understood what she was saying so I'm not going to take the conversation further when there are other ways for that conversation to go as you've rightly pointed out I definitely think that the retreat should happen because there we are not a monolith we say this all the time black women aren't homogenous we all have our experiences and we all have our things and we should be supported and seen in all of our glory and all of our weaknesses I think that that's important so I hope that clears that up um moving on to my next letter nice and quickly um my next letter who was it from who should I go to who should I go to am I in the wrong inbox um my next letter I'll go to I'll do Aksana's letter next week I'll do Aksana's letter next week um, And I'll go to Nikki Nikki, I'll read Nikki's letter Dear Kelechi, first of all I wanted to acknowledge the grief of your miscarriage And send you healing and love energy I applaud you for still showing up in the world As the baby girl that you are bop, bop, Especially when you don't, don't feel like it Two slaps on your chest Thank you Nikki just slapped it. <laughs> um, I've been meaning to write to you for ages, ever since I came across your channel via Sincerely Owasa and binge watched episodes like One Does After Having Discovered a Hidden Gem on Netflix. I had no choice but to become a Patreon and I'm gassed that you'll be having a live episode. I can't wait to be there. In case you hadn't already guessed it, you're my share, you're magnificent. I'm embarrassed that I've not written to you sooner as I know that it's incredibly important to give credit where it's due, especially to fellow black women who are too often slept on. I can't begin to tell you how much your content has enriched, educated and entertained me. You truly are a gift and it's not an exaggeration to say that observing you on your various platforms is forcing me to show up in the world unapologetically as my truest self. So I want to say with all of my chest and unreserved, thank you. You will never know how many lives you have positively impacted and I can't wait to see more of your magnificence. You are really doing this and you're only going um, and you're only getting started. Love, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. Two slaps on your chest. Thank you, Nikki. No, I love that. Like the, the best part, let me tell you, like the best part of making this podcast or the best part of even being on social media is being able to feel love and give love to other black women. Like if it wasn't for that, like shout out to the black men, cool. But if it wasn't for the black women, none of this social media shit would be worth it to me. Like I, my life has been so deeply enriched. I say this often by the fact that I have discovered so many black women that I would otherwise not have known of, um, 
had it not been for the fact that I put myself out on social media and I was saying the things that I wanted to say and they were like, rah, that resonates with me too. It makes the world feel like a safer place. Um, and I cherish that. I cherish you, Nikki. I cherish every fucking woman, regardless of race, that listens to this uh, podcast. I cherish every single person, regardless of gender, that listens to the uh, to this podcast. But my biggest shout out goes out to every single black woman that listens to this podcast because you know of the individual struggles that we go through and the very racialized and gendered struggles that we go through as black women and you're still showing up for another black woman i appreciate you greatly and may the universe like just give you everything that you desire that will uphold your higher self in abundance like you are my real g's you are my actual real g's and i might even cry in december when this podcast is done because i will miss the fuck out of the lot of you i mean i i know i'll interact with quite a few of you but generally i miss the lot of you so yes thank you nikki um thank you may thank you prince and thank you tanayel for just being wonderful people i appreciate you moving on to so you mad then let's just jump into so you mad um so you mad this week is um hackney police hackney police are very very mad hackney police are incredibly mad like the madness that is doing them you know you already all know that i have an issue with the police not because i'm anti-police because that's what people love to throw about that you must be anti-police well if the police aren't doing their fucking jobs then yes of course i'll be anti-police like do what you're there to do to actually look after the public and do it in a way that's respectful to marginalized communities stop being dickheads so anyway on twitter this week um or last week um hackney police started moving mad to hev hev um she her at on um twitter is issa hev that's i-s-s-a-h-e-v so um hev was trying to go through i want to say what hackney station was it hackney central she was she was at hackney central she was trying to go through the station and the police were there and they put up a makeshift metal detector and so they tweeted and said officers are deployed across hackney targeting violent crime using a variety of tactics to keep you safe currently at hackney central and will be patrolling various locations assisted by british transport police london They've hashtagged it, stop and search, hashtag stop knife crime, fucking dickheads. And then they said, so Hev said to them, so this explains having to walk through a metal detector yesterday to get on my train. It's basically blackmail. If you don't go through it, you can't travel. What grounds do police have to do this? This was what Hackney police said back in the first instance. Keeping you safe. And I'm reading in that tone because this is legitimately the tone that I, I, I envisage them saying it in. Keeping you safe isn't blackmail, Hev. I'm sure our presence didn't delay your journey either. So what is your issue? Deterring most serious violence and the use of weapons is one of our key aims. The detection arches assist in that. Um... Hackney police, who the fuck are you talking to? Like, why are you being so loud? Who are you raising? Who are you using your outside voice to talk to? And are you mad? So it goes on. 
um, then they go, there's no requirement to go through the arch. You can simply walk around it or take one of the other exits. A lot of people stopped and spoke to my colleagues yesterday, giving us the thumbs up for conducting such operations. They really didn't have an issue walking through. I wonder why they didn't have an issue walking through. Probably because they were all the color of mayonnaise. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is somebody has had an issue walking through it and you're giving them a lot of attitude. And I don't really understand why, like why your neck is cricking to the side and you're getting awful rude on Twitter. So Hev said, walk around it where? There was too small a gap between about seven policemen looking intimidating. Let me post a picture below of how small the gaps were. And also, what's the point in a metal detector if you don't have to walk through it? Hev is just coming with the common sense because you know I have to walk through it, but you're pretending. You're acting brand, brand new like you don't know. And that's just very, very wild to me. Um, so then Hev posted a video um, showing the tiny gap that they're claiming that you could have just walked. Like this gap is so tiny. I don't know who's fitting between that gap. Like there's no one fitting between, there's no one that's able to fit between. No, nobody, nobody, nobody can fit between, nobody can fit in that gap because you, no. So Hev posted a video and she said, gaps either side being blocked by two policemen bodies and feet. Definitely an intimidation tactic, forcing everyone to go through, even against their will. I'm black. Police kill black people for doing less than arguing about metal detectors. And Hev, that is a motherfucking truth. You're telling me I don't have to walk through the metal detectors, but my black skin says, nah. My black skin says I definitely have to walk through those metal detectors because if I say no, as other people wrote in the mentions for um, um, to Hackney Police, if I said no, as a black person, you're going to pull me to the side and you're going to really frisk me down and give me a hard fucking time for why I didn't want to walk through the metal detectors in the first place. And then we're going to have a problem on our hands. So wagwan. So um, this is now what Hackney Police said. And this is when my blood started to really, hey, my blood started to do biggie, biggie, heavy, heavy. Because Hackney Police had the fucking cheek to say to her, you had time to film, but not time to stop and speak with my colleagues about them being there and what they were doing. Shame, really, as you could have asked them all of this in person. If someone is in your way, I often find that excuse me works well. We are all human after all. Who fire Hackney Police? If you're listening to this, Hackney Police, fire whoever the fuck is doing your social media because all of this time that you guys are trying to say that oh we blend in with the community, we you know we want to be part of the community. You're not being part of any community by being so fucking rude and not understanding the very legitimate place that Hev's concerns are coming from. You're very very rude people, and I would really say that you are sh should be the ones to get the straw of the week for this week. But I need to give that straw to more deserving people. This week that's the only reason you're not getting it and because i've given straws to the police before that's the only reason you're not getting it but you guys are are dickheads and i understand why people call you pigs because you're nasty you're not i i enjoy pork i'm so sorry pork i love you yeah but as i was saying you guys are pigs you're you're horrendous and if this is the way that you think is feasible to speak to a member of the public then that's wow Wow I guess I'll be writing to Theresa May Not that she'll care Because she's a little pussy clot Anyway um, Then one of my baby girls wrote to them um, 
she wrote, why didn't they volunteer the information that people weren't obligated to walk through it? You're the ones disrupting a normal commute. Thus, it's your responsibility to ensure it's done in a non-intimidating and fair way. Who the hell wants to go up to the police in this climate? Then Hackney police said to her, the other entrance to the station didn't have an arch. And when people spoke with, um, spoke with we, spoke with we, you know, not even spoke with us because their English is just fucked. They're like, when people spoke with we, we explained everything we have on here. No one was forced to go through. How exactly did, did we disrupt your commute? Interested to hear this. This is a very aggressive person that's tweeting on behalf of Hackney police. Like they're very aggressive about i'm interested to hear this who are you challenging is your father mad is your motherfucking mother mad is everybody mad so hev now said to them the other entrance is two roads away what about those who find mobility difficult who don't want to go through it hackney police now wrote hev as if like bitch because they really wanted to say bitch but they said hev the other entrance is on amherst road opposite Brett Road. That's not two roads away. If you fancy meeting in person to discuss, I'd be delighted to do that. Coffee on me. I'd also like to show you firsthand the work we're doing to try to save young lives. Send us a DM if you would. So you're basically asking me to meet you around the corner. Because why the fuck am I meeting you for coffee? It, it's not even a nice, it's not a nice offer. It's not a nice gesture. To me, it sounds like you want to meet me to fight me and I'm not on that because... You man lie about everything. So no. But Hev said to them, if you wanted to rightfully choose to avoid the metal detector without an altercation with police, you had to walk down the road and past TK Maxx, road one, and then around the corner to the, um, to the stairs, road two, which would be horrendous for those with mobility needs. And then she just waved to them, bye. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted that in this day and age, police think that it's okay to hire someone that would speak to people in this way. And furthermore, that nothing has been done about the way that, that whoever was tweeting on behalf of the police, that they were allowed to tweet in that way. Who the fuck are you talking to? They're lucky that they were tweeting at Hev because if you were tweeting at me, I would have told you about where we're going to meet. We can meet at Costa in Peckham and I might not show up, but other people might. Other people might. They might be waiting on you at the dough. That's not even a threat. That's just a speculation. But I just think that... It's really, really disgusting. Like, I just wonder if they would tweet at a white woman in that way, because obviously Hev's got her picture up. Would you tweet at a white, per um, a white person in that way? I don't know if you would, but you feel like it's definitely okay to tweet at a black person in that way. And that's really wild. I, I might have said black woman in this and I don't know how, uh, what Hev's pronouns are. I should have checked, but apologies if I misgendered you. Really sorry. But, um... Yeah, I, I just think it's wild. I think it's disgusting. Hackney police, although you're not the official straw of this week, you can all suck your mums collectively. Your mum being um, Theresa May and your mum being um, Elizabeth Regina. You can go and suck her vagina as far as I'm concerned because you're all dumb bitches. Anyway, my next So You Mad goes out to um, the Sun newspaper. The Sun newspaper are pussy cluts and also Sky Sports or Sky News, whichever one, they're also pussy cluts because all of you, man, refuse to leave Raheem Sterling alone. Raheem Sterling is a football player. I think he plays for Man City, but also he's on the England squad, um, which has been led by, what's that man's name now? It's gone out of my head. Um, he'll come back to me. Anyway, um, let me get back to that. Um, 
so Raheem Sterling got um, a tattoo of a gun on his leg. My guy gets a tattoo on um, of a gun on his leg and everybody starts losing their fucking mind. Um, it was Sky Sports. So Sky Sports have been forced to apologise to him because Raheem got a ta- um, tattoo of a gun on his leg. He posted it. The Sun newspaper decided that they were going to make it front page and they were like, oh my God, there have been calls for Raheem Sterling to be removed from the England squad because he went and got a gun tattooed on his leg. Um, there are people who have stu- suffered gun crime um, and... Um, violence in this country and they think that it's really disrespectful that he went and got this tattoo of a gun on his leg first of all fuck all of you you're all dickhead fuck you fuck the media for constantly targeting black men and not allowing them to live live especially Raheem Sterling like you man will not let this guy rest if he goes and buys a chocolate bar ah, oh, cheapskate Raheem Sterling buys just one chocolate bar he takes his fiance his black fiance he takes her um, on holiday ah oh, he's spending money on luxury holidays what the fuck do you want him to do why can't you leave the guy alone why can't he just live his best life like what's your fucking problem why can't black people just be allowed to do black people things and you leave them alone and mind your fucking business why if it's not Stormzy, it's Raheem Sterling. If it's not this black person, it's this black person. What is wrong with you? This coming from the same people who love off um, the Cray twins, who love off Lock, Stock and True 2 smoking barrels. You love off all of these in East End gangster, gangster shit. But the moment a black guy gets a tattoo of a gun on his leg, ah, you start frothing at the mouth. You start frothing at the mouth. If you put that same energy, if you put that same vim into seasoning your fucking pie and mash, we would not be in this situation, you dickheads. Dickheads. I'm so infuriated by it because this is... Black men cannot win for losing in this country, in this world. He's out here representing your fucking country that hasn't won um, a World Cup since I don't know when the fuck... You haven't won a World Cup since I think like my mum was two years old. And my, you, that's how long you haven't won a World Cup Yet You have all of this vim And all of this energy To be talking about People should get dropped from your squad You know what If I was Raheem Sterling I'd say fuck all of you man I don't want to be on your squad anyway I don't want to play for you Because I can't come and kill myself For a country that also wants to kill me Fuck you all I don't want to play you, you're, you're, you should be glad You should be grateful That he's blessing you with his talents But no Instead you want to get rude Talking about Oh he's got a gun on his leg And this woman Whose son died from um, you know a gun violence attack or whatever she's disgusted but people can tattoo whatever the fuck they want onto their body uh, bodies because you don't complain when people go and get um tattoos of skulls and whatever else on their body i personally wouldn't tattoo a, a gun on my body but i don't own raheem sterling's body and i think this is a the problem that a lot of white football fans have that they feel like they own black players because the moment they don't do what you want you start calling them a fucking monkey or you're referring to their penis or you're doing whatever the fuck it's disgusting stop it you don't own anybody calm the fuck down so lovely Raheem Sterling went on Instagram and he basically tried to explain why he got the tattoo and he um and he I think he put yeah on Instagram he wrote a post and he said um I made a promise to myself that I would never touch a gun in my lifetime he basically said that he got the um tattoo because his father was shot dead in Kingston Jamaica when he was just two years old so he was just like he would never touch a gun in his lifetime and the reason that he has a gun on his right leg is because he kicks he shoots with his right leg so like shoot brap brap you know so it makes sense it, it it's it's metaphorical it's metaphorical yet you all have a problem with that 
Now, the biggest problem comes from the fact that then Sky Sports decided to doctor his um, post, his Instagram post, and they added the word again. So basically they wrote it and it says, I promised my, um, I made a promise to myself. I would never touch a gun again in my lifetime. Why did you add the again? And and this is the thing. You can't tell me that these news outlets aren't aware of what they're doing. Like you're creating a separate narrative to the to the actual lived experiences of these black people, specifically these black men. And you're trying to make them gangsters and criminals when they're not. They're just utilizing their talents and living their best life. And you know what? They have feelings, they have emotions and they have trauma themselves. And he never said again, but by you adding again, you're implying and inferring that at some point he did touch a gun. And for that, you are disgusting, disgusting scum. You are disgusting people to do that to someone because now you'll be shocked when tomorrow they're like, you know what? I don't want to do any interviews with Sky Sports. Oh, why? What did we do? Oh, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And this is what I say, like all of these dog whistle things that are done against black people. If you're a white person that listens to this show, I ask you to be more aware. Please be more aware because it's it's not an accident. It's not an oversight. People are doing these kind of things to... to Add to the culture of consent of criminalizing black people. The more that you read it and you take it on as normal, you'll feel like it's okay when they said, oh, we shot this black person in the street because we assumed that they were a criminal. You'd be like, oh, well, I fucking assumed that they were a criminal too. So I don't really mind that they shot them. They probably deserved it. No, they don't. Their life is just as valuable as yours if not more but their life is just as valuable as yours so they don't deserve the violence that's inflicted upon them and then for it to be normalized like ah oh, well they would have probably committed a crime anyway so sky sports can also suck their mums i should have just not had a so you mad this week and just had a massive suck your mum straw of the week session but i'm really really disgusted that people think that it's okay to do things like this oh anyway moving on to um Straw of the week. Straw of the week, aka suck your mum. Oh, so my straw of the week, my first straw of the week goes out to two human beings who I, I don't actually know their name. I'll probably, well, one of them, I might see them again, but the other person, I probably won't see them again. I probably don't, I don't even, I won't even remember what they look like. So my first straw of the week goes out to um, a man, a man that I encountered at the gym today. So today's a Friday that I'm recording this. I went to the gym earlier on today and um, I was training as I do, like a baby girl. Um, and I finished training, got my shit and I was leaving the gym. So I've left um, the gym now and, um, well, pure gym. I've left and I'm walking through the car park and I've got my earphones in and someone's scuttling by the side of me, like proper like rushing to walk by the side of me. So they're going, hello 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 so I take my earphones off and I'm like yeah hi what and he goes oh hi um you know a black guy I saw him training I saw him trying to catch my eye don't look at me go away so um yeah so I'm walking at my normal pace and if you know how I walk I I march when I walk like I'm like vroom 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 so I'm walking fast now and he goes please 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 I haven't finished my session these times I'm halfway into the car park, like I'm proper into the car park. So you left your session, your training session to follow me outside into the car park. He's like, I haven't finished my session. Can you slow down? I said, no, I can't slow down. He's like, oh, because I just want to talk to you. I said, no, I'm not interested. I have a partner. Now, this is the first thing that I, I dislike 
that when women have to tell guys that they're not interested, they have to say something like, oh, I've got a partner. Is it not enough or I've got a boyfriend because they don't even want to hear partner, but I've got a boyfriend or I've got a fiance or you are married, something. But you have to justify that you're owned by someone else in order for them to leave you alone. But more time, they don't even leave you alone. And that's what happened today. So I've said, oh, um, look, I don't want to talk. You should get back to your gym session. I've got a partner. And he goes, what? So because you've got a partner, you can't have friends. Are you Winnie the Pooh? Are you Winnie the Pooh? And are, do you go around Sherwood Forest? I think that's where Winnie the, Pooh, um, Winnie the Pooh lives. But do you go around Sherwood Forest gathering friends? If you do, here you go. I'm not Tigger and I'm not Eeyore and I'm not Piglet. I don't need more friends like I've got enough friends and if I was going to make friends this is not how I make friends you know nothing about me why would you want to be my friend honestly like why would you want to be my friend you don't I could be a fucking axe murderer you don't know you just saw me banging weights and you were like ah yeah spicy thing fine babe no go away and it's so disrespectful because you know that you don't actually want to be friends but you feel like you need to say something and this is the way that I think that men don't understand when we say like men are trash, although I don't say it often, it's things like this. It's like things like just not respecting a woman's boundaries. Like I'm not interested. I've already told you, I've already tried to be as nice as possible. Even when I was single, when guys tried to talk to me, I'd be like, look, I've got a partner, I've got a boyfriend just so they'll leave me alone because it's the only language that some of them seem to understand while the rest of them simply just don't understand it. They're like, so what? You've got a boyfriend. So what? You can't have friends. Suck your mum. Suck your mom because I'm tired. And the, why why it frustrated me is because I had to find a way to still be polite to him because you never know how these men are going to move when you say I'm not interested before they now decide to give you one tump in your head, one tump in your face. I can't, I'm a baby girl. I'm a baby girl and I'm too, I like my face the way that it is. God, please touch wood. I, I don't need anyone to try and come and lick me upside the head because I told them I'm not interested. So even then I'm being polite, like, well, thank you for asking, but no thanks. And he was like, oh, well, thank you for stopping for me then. Ugh. Ugh. Man, whoever you are at Pure Gym, please find a straw and please, 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 please use it to suck your mum. That's all I implore of you. Just please suck your mum because you're out here draining other women of energy of 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 the feelings of safety of their comfort of their boundaries their personal space all because you want to meet a girl and it's always you guys that are so enthusiastic to go and stop women that are usually even married I don't know for you I don't understand what it is with you so yeah you can just go right ahead and suck your mum because it's 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 horrible I've, I'm a person that knows that as much as I joke about, I know I can defend myself. I know I've, I've done like enough combat classes and I'll do more. I know that I can basically defend myself. But what about the women who can't, that you are running up behind to chat to? What about your gym session? So that means you're not even serious about the gym because I, I promise you that there's never been anyone that has been good looking enough in my entire life that if I've been doing a physical sport, I've stopped doing the sport to chat to them, that there's no one more important than what I'm doing at that particular moment in time. But you left doing your tricep dips to follow me outside. Why? Why? 
am I never coming? Am I never coming back to the gym again? I don't know. But all of this chasing, chasing business, it's just not nice. It's not comfortable. So random guy at the gym, suck your mum. Thanks. Um, my next suck your mum, my next draw of the week goes out to another random person that I don't know, a white lady. Um, but she represents many white ladies. So I was on the, remember when it was raining really, really badly last week, like proper pissing it down, proper raining. So I'm on a bus heading to Elephant and Castle. I'm sitting by the window and a woman gets on with her boyfriend. A white woman gets on with her boyfriend and obviously there aren't enough seats. So she has to sit by me and her boyfriend has to sit behind. So anyway, um, she sits by me now. She turns her back to me. Um, so she's like sitting facing side on to him. Um, she turns her back to me and she starts flicking her hair, trying to dry it. So please, listeners, where do you think that the water was going, that this fool was flicking? Yes, into the corner of my eye. She was going, flick, flick with her stupid straw hair. So I don't even know when I did it. God forgive me. My elbow came up at 90 degrees and I jabbed it into her spine, like with force. I, I went dugu into, like, wasa, into her spine. And I said, don't do that. Flick your hair elsewhere. And the look of shock on her face when she turned around, like, first of all, she hadn't realised I was sitting there. But obviously you knew I was sitting there because your boyfriend couldn't sit next to you. So you knew I was there sitting right next to you. Our hips are technically touching each other, but you felt like it was okay to be dashing the water from your hair into my face. So I elbow her in her spine now. And I tell, and I said to her, don't do that. Flick your hair elsewhere. Um, elsewhere. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, um, uh, I, I really didn't realise. Ready to reach for the tears. You can reach for the tears if you want to. But this is a message to a lot of white women like on public transport, everywhere. You, Gia, like to get on public transport, especially the tube, and you start flicking your hair like you don't fucking understand that there are other human beings with eyes we have eyes that you're flicking your useless hair into and you'll continue to do it because you have so little consideration for everybody else around you because everything focuses on you like you are the most important thing even at the yoga studio I'm always rather perturbed by the fact that when we all go into the showers because we've got like a communal shower and we all get in at the same time so many white women bring lots of things to like wash their hair and I rarely see them with anything to wash their bodies. And it really makes me uncomfortable. Like they spend like a good while washing hair, conditioning it and ting and ting and ting. And they're not a single shower gel for the rest of their body. It's really weird to me. But that also tells me that you feel like your hair is your, your crown, literally your crown and glory. But I'll rip your crown and glory off your fucking head if it comes my way again. I do it on the tube. When a woman flicks her hair over her shoulder and it lands on my shoulder, I grab all of her hair and I move it back onto her shoulder. Keep your hair where it belongs. I would rather not touch you. I would rather not touch your hair because I sure as fuck don't want you to touch my hair. So keep your hair on your body and keep it away from me. So to that woman, she gets a straw because don't act surprised that I elbowed you in your fucking spine because you should not have been flicking your fucking dirty hair in my eyes in the first place. Her boyfriend wanted to get up like he was going to do something. And I was like, look, touch a button now. Like you will get it. I've been looking to fight someone. Sit down, Rupert. You don't want it either. Nobody wants it with me. At the same time, anybody can get it. So 
that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mother. Suck your mum. You can email me at sym at kalechiokafor.com. Follow me on at kalechnikoff or at sayyourmindpod. I'll drop the Eventbrite link for the Chakra series. And please check out the Grapevine TV Uh, to watch the colorism debate if you haven't seen it yet in the extended content for my patrons my people them um we'll be looking at the um an extra card the three of cups for the tarot um deconstructing that um analyzing that and we'll also be talking about an article that was written by um an Igbo girl um or an Igbo woman i should say um that's called let me find it the title of the article um her name is ara ilo abu let me say that again. Ara Iloa Buji Chuku. I proper massacred that, but she's Igbo as well. Um, it's called The Strained Relationship Between Black Mothers and Their Daughters. And it was written for Madame Noir. Um, I'll be talking about that because a lot of people got on her about her um, generalizing black mothers. Um, so we'll be discussing that in the extended content. Anyway, thank you so, so much for listening. I'm wishing that you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Keep your head up. Keep your chest out. Two slaps on your chest for everybody for being here, for surviving, for making it this far. I love you all. Catch you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind